Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. My wife tore it up last week. Make sure you get on that podcast. Make sure you listen to that message. I mean, uh, she just a phenomenal job on sour communication. And even this week we went to Walmart, saw Sour Patch Kids cereal. No. No. Some people voted on my Instagram story. They say, yes. I said, we're praying for you. We love you. And so I'm going to highlight some of our people, some of our team, some of our uh, uh, people that call Avenue Church home. And so our first couple is Richard and Juliet. How many know Richard and Juliet? There they are. Oh, right there. And uh, Richard serves on our monitor team, Juliet, on our 18 coffee bar. And they sent me their 90s photo. I love this. Go ahead. Let's see it. Ah, look at that. Like nothing. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Pray for me, all right? Lay hands on me, Rich. Please. But I I was looking at Rich, the 90s Richard, and I was like, he looks familiar, right? You look at Richard, he goes, he just looks familiar. Put up the next one. I thought maybe it's Rich Wilkerson Jr. Maybe it's Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got to be something. I was trying to figure out how many things he looks like one of them people right there, right? You're on the Titanic, right? Let's go to the next couple. All right, we have Ronnie and DeAndrea. Ronnie and DeAndrea, and uh, give it up for them. And this is their most recent picture. Look at that bomb shirt he has on. But at Friday night, they won third place on the photo scavenger hunt. All right, cash prizes, baby. Making it rain for singles and couples on Friday night. But uh, what is it? DeAndrea sent me both their 90s photos. Check this out. Yes. <laughs> Now, I was, I was like, DeAndre is more gangster than he was. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. This is 90210 right there, back there. Party of five, right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, go to the next couple. Here's the next couple. Is my man, this is Michael. Michael, that's his mother right there. Michael, give it up for Michael. Michael's amazing. Right there, there's his mama. Michael's amazing. And uh, his mother sent me his photo. And so check out 90s Michael. Yes! Come on! Look at that white tie, black shirt. He knew what was up. He knew what was up. I like the party, uh, uh, business in the front, party in the back. I love that. Great looking mullet. It's amazing. And so that's another couple is uh, Richard and Carissa. They serve on our Avenue Central. Give it up for Richard and Carissa. I want you to look at Rich's face, all right? Doesn't Rich look amazing, right? Smiling, he's all, you know? Here's their 90 photo. They were, they were sweethearts. Look at that, right? Look at Carissa, look at Rich. They, like, what up? What up? What up? How many know you have, like, parents that still do that? You're like, Dad, take a picture of your dad's. Like, okay, say, one, two, three, say cheese, cheese. <laughs> right? Thug Live, come on, somebody. I love that. Now, uh, my wife was in here first service. She had no idea I did this, and uh, I'm still here. So, put up my wife's picture. This is my wife's uh, most recent photo. Isn't she beautiful? Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I tricked her, all right? And so, there's my beautiful wife, and I found, you saw a, a young, uh, early 90s uh, photo of her two weeks ago. Here is her late 90s photo. Look at this one. Ah, y'all see that right there? That's my wife right there. She's in the wilderness looking for the one to complete her. (laughs) He's out there somewhere. He's out there somewhere. Little did she know that he was in the winter woods of Narnia in North Dakota. 
eating a Snickers bar, being totally content with himself. Come on, somebody. God's got a plan for your life. Sorry. Also, 90s. There's gadgets we're talking about, how 90s are trying to make our lives easier with CD players, cassette players, uh, all the different things that were going on in the 90s. And uh, but I don't know if you remember the most popular toy in the 90s. I, I still hear this in my, in, the, in my nightmares. I still, I, I remember this. And so I'm going to play a clip of the commercial of the toy. Raise your hand if you know exactly what this toy is. Go ahead. Raise your hand if you know what this is. It's Tickle Me Elmo. When your child tickles him, he talks. Raise your hand if you know, all right? And his whole body shakes. Oh, right. Tickle Me Elmo and his Tickle Me friend. You hear that demonic noise? Sesame Street family. Go ahead, shout it out, shout it out. Tickle Me Elmo. Raise your hand if you had to Tickle Me Elmo. Raise your hand if you had to go be proud. Tickle, 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 all right? Raise your hand if you heard about Tickle Me Elmo and you were like, no way am I going to have that noisemaker in my house, right? How many people are that? Like, no, take the batteries out. <laughs> Elmo's not happy. Elmo's depressed, right? Like, and how many know you went to buy your Tickle Me Elmo at KB Toys? How many remember KB Toys? Got that slide up there at KB Toys? I got to tell you this. I knew, not that one. Oh, my God. I knew the owner or the manager of KB Toys in the 90s. And he said, Jeremy, you want to make some extra money? And I said, yes, I'd love to make some extra money. Come work at the toy store. I said, sure. He goes, be there at 4 a.m. I said, I really got to seriously reconsider. And so I went there at 4 a.m. And my first day at the KB Toy Store was the first day Elmo was being released. Tickle Me Elmo was being released. And so there's a long line of some amazing, wonderful mothers that waited in line forever. If you were in that line, God bless you. It's there, I mean, at 4 a.m., at 5 a.m., at 6 a.m., and then at 7 a.m., the store opened early for the holiday season. And the manager said, Jeremy, here, do me a favor. We want to make sure we keep up with the rush. Take five Tickle Me Elmo boxes. So I had five, three and two, right? And he said, bring them out to the line to anyone who wanted those boxes says you can give them a tickle me almost so they can go purchase at the cash register this is what it was like for me i got violated i got touched i don't i lost a shoe i didn't have a shirt after i was done i mean it was insane and the reason why was because mothers and fathers they felt like their christmas would not be complete unless they got their child a tickle me elmo it would be perfect and i say all that because the bible says when i was a child i talked like a child. I thought like a child. I, I acted like a child. But when I grew into maturity, when I got older, I began to put away my childhood behind me. See, many of us, we've changed in many areas since the 90s, since the 80s, since as we were children, 70s and 60s. Come on, somebody. Maybe we got to do a 60s series next year. Come on. And so we've changed in those areas except for relationships. Except for relationships that we think if I could just get that, if I can get Tickle Me Elmo, if I can get that person in my life, I will finally be complete. How many know in 1996, a very popular movie came out as a sports movie, but after it was released, it became a romantic movie. Check out this clip if you remember this one. Oh, you... Oh. Me. <laughs> just, just shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Oh, I remember that one, right? Oh my gosh. You complete. 
me. I like when she's like, shut up. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. You don't complete me. You know what I mean? Like, whatever you want me to say, I'm so apologetic. You have me a hello. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but many of us, we've carried around the concept that we need someone in our life, a significant other, to complete us. You see, the definition of completion is the action or process of finishing something. Of finishing something. Number two says to bring into a perfected state. And this is dangerous because we think I will only be perfect and whole if I find the right one. If I find a soulmate. And that's a heartful myth because to be complete means that you finally know who you are. And that's the danger of having that mentality that we're putting the burden of our identity on the other person and we're demanding them to make us feel completed. You, I am demanding you to make sure I am perfect. I'm here to tell you, my name is Pastor Jeremy and I pastor a great church called Avenue Church. I'm here to tell you, take notes today. Get on your phones, Facebook this thing. I'm telling you, there's some great tools here today because I want you to fill in the blank. Get your phones out, fill in the blank and write this down. Say, I am demanding my blank to make me feel blank. Write that down. I am demanding my blank, and this is the myth, my blank, I'm demanding my spouse. I'm demanding my wife. I'm demanding my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'm demanding my fiance. I'm demanding this person to make me feel safe or secure. I'm demanding them to make me feel like I belong, like, like I have purpose in this world that I'm demanding them to make me feel complete. You see, completion is all about your identity. And listen to me, church, you don't find your identity in your upbringing. Can I get an amen? You don't find your identity in your role. If you're a mom, that's not your identity. If you're a father, that's not your identity. You don't find your identity in even your spouse or someone you do life with. You don't find your identity in what you do. You find your identity in Jesus Christ. That's a good place to say amen, right? It's only Jesus completes us, that you are complete, you are whole, you are perfected in Jesus without that other person in your life. No matter what stage you're in, maybe you lost somebody, maybe you had a, a breakup, maybe you're in a rocky marriage right now. Maybe that really spoke to your life and said, I've been, I've been depending on that person to fill this. And I'm here to share with you today that you are complete. You are whole. You are saved and redeemed. You're a child of God. You were made on purpose and for purpose without the other person in your life. Relations were great. God created us for relationship. I'm here to break down the myth of relationships. You see, Plato, he began to uh, tell a story way back in the day and his story was that uh, Zeus was the was a god and Zeus was his Greek mythology which is false and so Zeus was a god and during the time of, of Zeus he they created humans and so the humans actually had one head two faces four uh, four arms and four legs and so Zeus saw that the 
humans were very powerful, and he was, he was concerned that the humans would overthrow Zeus. And so what Zeus did, according to Plato, was that he split humans right down the middle, and he began to break up the soul. And so that soul, one, became two, and their curse was they had to spend their entire life looking for the exact one, looking for their soul mate. And I'm here to tell you, when we have this idea, I'm here to tell you, you're always going to be looking for the one to complete you, that we're looking for a soulmate, that we're going to be carrying the belief. I see this in churches all the time. We carry the belief of, I got to find the one instead of two becoming one. Instead of God blessing two individuals and say, you are now one. So I encourage you, be the one that the one is looking for. Be the one that the one is looking for so that two can become one for the only one, and that is Jesus Christ, who will complete us. And so here's what happens a lot of times. We say, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready for a relationship. I'm, I'm ready to do life. I'm ready to maybe it's get married. I, I'm ready for something new in my life. And we say, this is me. I'm now going to try to get filled. And, and, and when I get into a relationship, that means I need someone to fill me, and I'm going to fill them because, man, we're in this together. I need to find my soulmate. I need to find somebody who completes me. And what happens is we begin to realize we have holes in our life. We begin to realize that over time, that person can never fill me, so I feel complete. I have issues. I have uh, all kinds of different holes in my life. And what happens is, it's great. Like, I feel good right now. I'm, I'm kind of filled. I'm kind of full. I, I date or I get married and I have a relationship. But then over time, you begin to realize they cannot fill you. They cannot complete you. And what happens is that your greatest expectations becomes your greatest disappointment. And then you say, you know what? I'm done. This is not working. They're not filling me. They're not filling my holes. They're not meeting my demands. They're not completing me. So we carry the idea of soulmate into our marriage. And then we say, you know what? Maybe I picked the wrong one. Maybe I need to find a better one. We've got to be careful because how many know only Jesus Christ can fill the holes in our life? I'm here to tell you, if you have a struggling marriage, a rocky marriage, I'm here to encourage you today. You don't have a marriage problem. You have a single problem. Can I get an amen from single people, right? About time. It's not a marriage problem. It's a me problem. i asking God, God, don't remix my marriage. Remix me. Remix the original me. God, get me ready for relationships. So I realize that I'm only as my marriage or my dating relationships or any relationship in my life will only be as healthy as I am. As I am. And so if you're having a difficult time, I'm here to encourage you today. Let us begin to focus on how we can address the holes in our life so that we can get our relationships healthier. So today I'm going to teach you how do we fill the holes in our life? How do we fill it with the right things? That it's not what you fill your life with, but it's who you fill your life with. And how many know that's Jesus Christ? And so here's the title of my message today, how to be complete. How to be complete. How does God begin the remix process? How does God make all relationships healthier as he completes me? And this is what he does. Write this down. Number one is remove. I gotta say this, if you're married, it's not remove your spouse, all right? Just throwing it out there, right? Finally, somebody said it, right? Praise that pastor. Oh, excuse me, right? 
Now, when my wife and I, when we were first married, we uh, rented a home together here in Vegas, and it was a, uh, a rental, and uh, in the home, it was a backyard, the backyard had a slab of concrete, and then it had these nasty bushes. These bushes were like monster bushes, all right? They were just nasty, looked like weeds. They were dead looking, and just overwhelming our entire backyard. Well, this is my first year of marriage, so at the time, my wife was like, babe, you know, like, ha honey, you know, can you maintain the backyard? I said, you bet, babe, I am, I am, a, I am a strong and secure man. I'll do the maintenance on the backyard. Well, a week goes by, and uh, she goes, babe, second time, babe, you know, like, can you do the backyard? It'd be so great if you can cut it up and, and, and make it nice. I said, babe, I got this. I got you, babe. This is what you married me for, all right? I'm the man of the house. And then the third week went by. She went, clean the backyard up. I said, I got you, loud and clear, communication, I understand. So I did what any strong and secure man would do from North Dakota, mind you. I called the landscaper. Come on, somebody. I called the company. I looked at the phone book. I came in, and I said, listen to me, we got to clean this up. I need to make this beautiful. We want to enjoy our backyard. Even though it's a rental, we want to be faithful what God has given us. He said, you bet, boss. And so I went inside. I heard the, the, the I said instruments, yeah. I heard the stuff, the things that they do. Now, I heard the blower. I heard the cutters. I heard, I heard them do a lot of work back there. I'm inside the house like, this is easy. I like this. After about an hour, they knock on my back window. They say, hey, boss, we're done. I said, great. Here's money. And they left. And when I walked into the backyard, I went, oh! What happened was, it's almost wintertime, so what they did with the, with the large bush and the monster bushes and the weeds, they hacked it all the way down to twigs. I mean, it was like, oh no, we got ripped off. We got to hunt that guy down. Let's leave him a bad Yelp review. Yeah, you know I mean? And all these twigs were in the ground. My wife came out. She was like, what did you do? I said, I hired people, babe. I hired people, you know? Like, it's not my fault. What happened was, winter came and went. And I'm being honest to us, have you ever done landscaping? That in order to see flowers bloom, in order to remove the dead things, in order to see life, you had to prune. You had to remove. And so when spring came, out came out of the, out of the weeds, out of the dead bushes, came plantanas with flowers that were blooming, that were beautiful. I'm here to share with you today that we never would have seen that take place if we had it removed. What we never realized that in order to improve, you have to remove. In order to improve, you have to remove. Ephesians chapter 4, I love this, in verse 2. We can apply this to our relationships. It says, be completely humble and patient with our spouse, with our boyfriend, with our girlfriend, with our friends. Be completely humble and patient. Be humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Isn't that like a nice marriage scripture, right? Like, oh! right? But then it says this in verse 31. It says, get rid, get rid, remove all bitterness, all rage. I see what you did there, Paul. All bitterness, all rage, anger, brawling, slander, argument, every form of malice. Remove it from your life. Be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving each other. Why? They don't deserve it. He don't deserve it because Christ forgave you. In order to improve, we've got to remove. So here's my question for you today. I want you to write this down. I want you to seriously consider this. In order for my relationship to improve, what do you need to remove? Do you need to remove bitterness, anger, 
Do you need to remove resentment, malice? Do you need to remove defensiveness? What do you need to remove? What is taking place in your spouse's life that she should be number one in your life? What is taking place in your relationship that you need to remove in order to improve? Because God wants to remove and he always adds new life. He always adds new life. See, there's a relationship cycle that takes place. We did the pyramid. It was spiritual. Then it was social, interpersonal. Then it was emotional and that it was love, sex, and marriage at the very top. I'm going to give you another one. Singlehood. Single. We're all single at one point or another. Then we go into intentional dating. I found somebody. And intentional dating means I think this is the one. I think I can spend my life with this person. I think home skillet would propose to me, right? And then the next one is engagement. We're engaged. We're married. I always say set a date, all right? We're going to get married. Then you have the marriage, right? Then after marriage, I say it comes love. You know why? You can accept Jesus into your heart and be married to God. But then a journey happens after that. I fall in love with Jesus every single day. Same thing in your, in your spouse. Then you begin to have love, and then you begin to have children, right? Some of you have a lot of kids, not because you love children. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you have a lot of kids, and then after that, it says repeat. What does repeat mean? Do I continue having kids? No, get cable. It's okay. <laughs> get a puppy, a cat, something. But what does that mean by repeat? Meaning there is a relationship cycle that takes place. And many times in our our own lives, our children complete us. And that could be a danger. I'll move heaven and earth for my kids, not my spouse. But there's a relationship cycle that takes place. At some point, your kids are going to be removed from the home. They're going to be single. Can you put that, put that back up for me? They're going to be single. Then they're going to find somebody and intentionally date. Then they're going to get engaged. And then the man are going to check the boys out. What's your name, son? Then they're going to get married. Then they're going to have love and, and love. And then they're going to have children, which are going to be your grandchildren. And here's the thing about the relationship cycle. You have to invest in your relationship further down the road as well as right now. And so when the kids move out, I've seen this time and time again. The children move out and we all go, who are you? I don't know who you are. You become a roommate. You become somebody I just said hi to. Somebody who slept on that side of the bed. I'm here to encourage you that we have to eventually remove and we repeat the cycle. So how do I continue to repeat the relationship cycle? How do I intentionally be able to uh, uh, continue this uh, cycle? I wrote this down with collaboration with my wife, a marriage challenge. So if you're married, write this down. Get your phones out. Take your picture. But here's the marriage challenge for you today. If you're single or dating, take a picture and put it away later, all right? But here's the marriage challenge. Number one, sex three times a week. That was the most awkward I've ever heard our church. All right, 930 was a little bit like, oh, you know. It was like, woo. And listen to me, some ladies are like, yeah, pastor, because you're a dude. No, this is my wife's idea, all right? She said three times a week. I said four, five, every day, seven-day challenge. She said three times a week. Sex three times a week. Sex three times a week. Number two, date at least one time a month. At least one time a month. And I'm here to challenge you. If you want to invest in your marriage relationship, you better invest in a babysitter. 
You better pull that money. You better find that money. You better figure something out. You better do IOUs. You better do whatever you can to invest in a babysitter. Why? Because your marriage is worth it. That someday those kids are going to remove, be removed from your home and you're going to have to continue dating. Now is the time to encourage you. Date at least one time a month. And number three is connect weekly. Connect weekly, whether it's over your Bible, over lunch, some form of intentional connection, not on the phone, driving separate ways to work, not in the hustle and bustle of life. After this remix series, we're going to do Miracle Mile. This is going to be Easter. Now I'm doing a series called Distracted. We are a distracted culture, and the enemy's using that against us. And so you know what? I'm going to connect weekly. Listen to me. If you're single in this place, I want to encourage you. The pinnacle of your life isn't finding someone. The highlight, the goal, the destination of your life is not finding someone, but it's accepting Jesus. It's knowing God. It's finding freedom. It's discovering purpose. It's making a difference. And I'm here to encourage you today that many times in our single life or even our dating relationship is much like the airport. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, on a plane. Uh, I used to fly back uh, literally 12, 13 years ago. There was no direct flight to North Dakota. And so I used to live in North Carolina. I would have to take a flight from North Carolina to uh, Detroit. Get off the plane, ride the little tram, get to the next airport from Detroit, go to Chicago. I don't know why. Cheap tickets, all right? And from Chicago, I would go past my hometown into my, not North Dakota, and be right around midnight. I get on a train, train, planes, trains, automobiles, get on a train and drive on a train for three hours back home. Thank you, Jesus, for allegiance. Thank you for direct flights. God is good all the time. But anytime you get off of the flight, you get off the airplane, you go into what's called a tram. And trams, and most airports have these. They're big enough. And on the tram, they're designed with only one or two seats for those that cannot stand for a long time. But the tram is designed to have those little straps so you can step on, grab onto hold of that strap, go from concourse A to B to C or D. And then when the door is opened up, you let go of the strap and you get off. They, have, they don't have seats because they don't want you to get comfortable. They don't want you to stay on the tram. I'm here to encourage you. That tram is much like our dating relationship. But sometimes we stay on that tram instead of getting on to the next season instead of getting on to the next flight. Marriage, it can be like that airplane ride. Marriage is not a destination. It's a new season. But for so many of us in our dating relationships, we stay on that tram. We stay there. We get comfortable. We set up a kitchen. We set up a bed. We set up a shop on that tram. And I'm not saying a week or two weeks or a month. I think that's very healthy. I think you have to have intentional dating season. But for so many of us, we're on that tram for four years, for five years, for six years, for seven years, for eight years. You know what? This is just working out. Let's not get married. I'm here to encourage you, get off that tram into that next season of life. I encourage you, become the one that God has for your life so that God, because anytime there's a removal, number two, there's a repair. God always repairs. God always repairs. This is what I love about Jesus, that we think removal is hard, but repairs are often harder. That if you've ever broken anything and you go to the doctor, the doctor will put a cast on He'll put a knee brace on, not because he's mean or because he's a bad doctor, but the reason why he does that is to restrict you so you can heal. 
That's what God does in our life. God will restrict you as he removes. He will then restrict you so that you can heal you. I know there's people in this room. You've decided you're smarter than the doctor, right? How many know somebody, right? I don't need this boot on my foot. Take the shackle off my feet so I can dance. I don't need to listen to him. He don't know what he's talking about. And next, guess what? Five years down the road, your foot never healed because you didn't restrict it. Because we didn't listen to the instructions given to us. This is good stuff today. Can I get an amen, right? God does it not to hurt us, but to heal us. James chapter 1, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. What does endurance mean? I'm not going to give up when tough times come. I'm not going to give up if my relationship gets hard. I have the endurance. So let it grow. Because when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete through Christ, not needing anything. And if you have that, I believe you'll have a healthy marriage. Grow. You begin to grow. I believe the strongest relationships, the strongest marriages are the ones that have been through the most. They've addressed the holes. They're saying, babe, I got holes in my life. Man, I'm here to tell you that God wants us to repair. Number one, how do I repair today? Number one, write this down. How do I repair? Believe it. I'm so passionate about a marriage series. You got one more week, and then I'll just be back to like Deuteronomy chapter 2, okay? But, man, believe it. Believe that God can heal you. Believe that God can fill the holes in your life. Believe that you can find freedom from your past so that God can heal you tomorrow and today. Believe in your husband and your wife. Believe in that dating relationship you're in. Believe that God can do what he says he can do. I'm encouraging you today to believe. Believe, believe that God can do a work and a miracle in your marriage. If you're single here today, believe that God has a godly man or woman for your life. And so today, I believe God's not going to leave me hanging. I believe if you have that desire, I believe that that someone is coming into my life. But until that happens, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be afraid. I don't have an identity in that. But I'm going to be able to be the one the one is looking for. I'm going to allow God to fill the holes in my life. But number two is reveal it. Is reveal it. That you can't repair what you fail to reveal. That many times you can't go to a doctor and say, Doctor, I'm sick. Well, how do you know you're sick? Figure it out. (laughs) Find out. Well, you you have a cough? Does your leg hurt? I'm sick. Figure it out. But how many know the symptoms reveal the remedy? The symptoms reveal the remedy, reveals what's really causing the holes in your life. And I encourage you today, this is what many of us do. We say, you know what, uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy, it's all good. I mean, sure it's tough. Sure it's been difficult. And, and you know, maybe I have holes and maybe it's Monday through Friday and Saturday when we come to church or when we get into our small group, we go, everything's fine. It's all good. Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. And then Monday, I'm here to encourage you. Reveal it. Reveal the holes. Don't put it on Facebook. That's not a place to reveal. Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't tell one person at a time. That's called gossip, all right? I really need to talk to somebody. Like, you're going to get 10 times, you're going to get 10 opinions and be more confused than you were. But tell somebody in your small group. Tell somebody in the prayer team. Reveal it. I've seen too many marriages. And I love doing weddings. I'm doing one in May. I've seen too many marriages 
that reveal after the honeymoon. And I've had too many spouses say, I don't know if I would have married them. And it's not because, it's not because they didn't reveal, but it's because they concealed. But here's what I'm going to tell you today, that Jesus can repair that relationship. He can repair that marriage. He can breathe life into that marriage because God, after it is revealed, he always, number three, renews every single time. He always restores. Did you know what renewal means? Renewal means to restore to the original intent, the way God intended it to be, the way God wants it for your life. The way he's intended. That sounds like a remix to me. And so Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like completion. That sounds like completion. To say, God, remove some things in my life. Because in order to remove, in order to add, I need to remove. God, I pray, begin to repair my life. And then God, I ask you to transform my life. Renew my life. That there's a book called Atomic Habits. And as God begins to renew our minds, it begins to renew our lives, our habits begin to change. So the book Atomic Habits, the, the whole idea behind the book is that you take five minutes a day to do something you want to do. So there's a gentleman who read the book and he lost over 100 pounds because on his first week, he drove to the gym, put his gym clothes on, he drove to the gym, he kept his time, he got to the gym, did one rep down the thing, walked out of the gym, it took him five minutes. And the whole idea behind the book is so many of us, we jump in, right? I'm going to lose weight, I got all kinds of different things, woo! And we give up after a day or two because it's too hard. But the idea behind the book is, you know what? You need to start doing what a physically fit person would do. Because that five minutes is going to turn into 10 minutes. That 10 minutes is going to turn into 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 25 minutes. So can we use that for the Bible to say, you know what? Every day, instead of reading chunks at a time, and I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Read five minutes a day. Get your coffee, sit down, open that thing up. Read five minutes a day because that five minutes is going to turn to 10 minutes. It's going to begin to renew your mind and begin to renew your relationships. Spend those five minutes with your spouse. Spend five minutes doing something for someone else. And here's what happens is God begins to reveal the holes in your life and God begins to do a work in your life. Then you get to say, you know what? I am now made complete in Christ Jesus. I am now made whole. Pastor, I'm ready for relationship. I wasn't ready before, but you know what? God did a work in my life. God saved me. He redeemed me. He restored me. Sure, we leak a little bit. Well, I'm not perfect, but it's a journey that I am. I took a step one day, raised my hand, and put it right back down at Avenue Church, and God began to heal me. I began to find freedom and discover my purpose. Now I'm serving and making a difference because nobody else completes me except Jesus Christ. And here's what happens is maybe this is me, and, and I find a beautiful, beautiful blonde girl named Lindsay. Here is my job as her husband. My job is not to fill her. My job is to simply pour out. 
Because the Bible says that wives, many of us, we love the scripture. Bible says, let me get my blonde wife. Blonde, Lindsay, where are you? Here's my blonde wife. All right, this represents her blonde hair. Nothing else, okay? Some of you get that later on. That's cool. But the colors just work this way. All right, and so there's my wife, and the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. Go, 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 right? All right, all right, come on, somebody. Yeah, you submit to me. But the problem is we forget to read on. And the Bible says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. How did Jesus love the church? He died for the church. He sacrificed his life for the church. So what does that mean? That means, you know what? My wife, she'll submit, right? Here I am. I'm the head of the house. But my wife submits. But guess what? I'm going to love my wife like Christ loved the church. So I'm going to sacrifice. She's going to submit. I'm going to sacrifice. She's going to submit. I'm going to sacrifice. And here's the amazing thing about marriage. Marriage is not completion. She does not complete me. Only Christ does. But here's what marriage is as she begins to pour out and I begin to pour out. Marriage isn't completion. Marriage is creation. It is a new season. It's two becomes one. It's not blue or yellow. It is now green. It is a new season of a journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. This is two secure people having a secure relationship. She dealt with her hoes. I dealt with my issues. And we say now we can come together and make a difference in this world. I'm here to tell you today, God wants to re- remove, he wants to repair, and he wants to restore. Will you stand with me, please? I would love to pray over you today, but here's my favorite thing about a wedding. If you go to a wedding, and someone once asked me, the vow portion of a wedding, right? And someone once asked me, I said, Pastor, you've been married how many, how many years now? I've been married 12 years this year. Come on, somebody, right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I did, I did it. I made it, right? Nah, 12 years. People ask me, are you ever going to renew your vows? Huh? Right? My answer was, I think they're still intact. I think they're still good, right? I think I'm still faithful. My wife once asked somebody who's been married for 40 years. So we're having dinner with them these years ago. And she said, you've been married for 40 years. You're coming up on your 40th year. Are you going to renew your vows? And he said, I don't think she'd take me back. And we went, ah. And I was like, oh, you're serious? No. But I want to renew the vow portion of a renewal ceremony. And for some of you in this room, you're like, okay, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, that's kind of cheesy. But I think it's going to mean a lot to many in this room. No matter what season you're in, no matter if you're single, dating, no matter if you're married, divorced, widowed, no matter what season you're in, we depend on Jesus Christ to complete us. So with every head by every eye closed, I just remixed the vow portion. Because you know what vows really are? Vows is between you and God. So I rewrote it a little bit. I took some liberties, but you can feel free, not to say it out loud, but you can whisper this. Because in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, you know, if you want to accept your life, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you want to take a step and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I'm going to ask you to join our church. I'm asking you to take a step towards God. We're going to do that in just a moment. For many people in this room, maybe it's time to renew a vow between you and God. So every head, body, every eye closed, you can whisper this out, but I'm going to say, Jesus, today, I take you to heaven to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poor, 
in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death becomes my reward in heaven is my destination that I will always keep you the center of my life because Jesus you complete me Father I thank you for your word today God thank you that you're such a good God God I thank you that you're not a condemning God Father I thank you you're not a God who's angry with us you're not mad at us but you're mad about us you love us through your grace and through your mercy. And so, God, I pray as I hear stories of healing, story of, of, of just miracles taking place at Avenue Church, God, I pray you continually to love us and remove those things in our life. Help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to identify what, what needs to be gone, what needs to be removed. Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it that addiction? Whatever it is any form of sexual immorality. God, I ask you today, remove it. But God, you're so faithful. You don't just remove, but you repair. You're a heavenly father. You're an amazing doctor. You're an amazing physician. You're wonderful. You're a counselor. You're mighty God. And so God, I pray, repair us. Repair the holes in our lives. God, repair our marriages. God, begin to do a work that only you can do. God, thank you that you renew us. Thank you that we are now new creations in Christ Jesus. Restore relationships. Restore marriages in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're here, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me? Will you help me in a prayer to say, I accept Jesus as my Lord. I I, want to take a step today and begin a journey of knowing God. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front or to the side. I'm not going to say your name. But if that is you today, I want you to put a hand up, put it right back down. I'm just going to go, yes. Put a hand up. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Put a hand up, put it right back down. Yes. Over there. Yes. In the back. Anyone else? Up and right back down. I am so proud of those hands that are going up and going right back down. Keep giving up for those hands. Anyone else? God's going to remix me. So I got to have healthier relationships. Everyone pray this prayer out loud. I'm pumped. I'm excited. But everyone, we don't pray alone, all right? We all lift our voice. So every head bowed, every eye closed, say this. Say, dear Jesus, say, today I take you to be my Savior. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying for what I did. So today I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, remix me, and I give you everything. Say, today, I now know who I am. Come on, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Give God a shout. Give God a praise.